Valerie, I'm super excited that you're here. Like, how's the weather been in Chicago? And can you guys like keep that weather? Because by the time um, Mother Nature gets over here to upstate New York, she's pissed off. I know, right? I mean, <laughs> it's not great today. Um, so we'll try and keep it. Try and keep it. Um, but it's um, kind of rainy today, gloomy. But you know, it wasn't bad. Was it last week? Last week it was nice, and it's been kind of bipolar where it'll go up and down and it was like in the 90s two weeks ago and then it went down into like the 50s or 40s but I was in Texas for a while beforehand so I kind of like like the falls like I missed the fall when I was in the south so it's nice I don't mind it it's fine it's fine until you walk outside in your flip-flops without any socks on and it's 38 degrees out (laughs) because you didn't bother to look before you walked outside Yes, yes. I know. I remember in college, I was like walking around on the ice and stuff. And then when you fall, you're like, no one saw that, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, upstate New York and I got to a point where it was just ice. And I would oh, walk across yeah. the street to get a coffee and walk back across. And this one time I slipped and fell and I didn't spill my <laughs> coffee. And I was like, yes, like I, I fell, hurt myself, Bye. but coffee is here oh. intact. We're good. <laughs> It was like a new achievement, you know? Yeah, yes, the coffee is okay. Yeah, you learn how to walk (laughs) on ice. We'll be fine. (laughs) Yes. What was it? Last year, I had wipes in the car. And it was when it was like super cold after December or Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And um, they froze oh. in the car. Like it was a block of ice. With the wipes. <laughs> this <is the> <laughs> Hopefully you didn't need them in that moment. No, I did not. <laughs> That's good. Yes, that would have been quite a situation. <laughs> nice. So, so you're a mom, right? With the wipes. Yes. How many I, kids do you have? I have three kids. So I have a um, seven and a half year old. Uh, and she's very clear about me putting the half in there and uh, a five-year-old as well as a three-year-old. So you're busy. And a girl, boy, girl. Yes, I am. Yep. I like to say like, I, we have a girl sandwich. Like we have a girl and a boy and a girl. So oh, they're yeah. fun. I love them. Like they are just, I mean, as moms, like we love our kids. We do. Um, but sometimes it's chaotic and, you know, we, I like to keep it real with like other moms and, you know, in the moment, every day, every hour, sometimes it, it, it's different. Like sometimes it's pure joy. Sometimes it's pure chaos. Sometimes it's just, you know, a little bit in between. So I just like to roll with it and live in the present as much as I can. But that takes practice. And some days are better than others for me. And if we, if I'm yelling at them because we're late and like, like throwing them out of the car into school, being like, you're late, the bell's going to ring. You know, it's just, I try to then be like, okay, how can I live in the moment? I'm going to, someday I'm going to miss this. And so maybe the next day, just, it's okay if we're late. Like it's, it'll be fine. And just live in the moment as much as we can. And the times that I am yelling at them for whatever it is, because we all do, we're not perfect. Then um, I just say, you know, mom's working on this and um, just like you're working on things, mom's working on things too. So I like to say I'm an imperfect mom who loves. I love that. Yeah, me too. It's it's comforting to hear you say that if something happens or you yell that you are open with them, right? Like you're telling them, hey, I'm working on this too. 
That's mm-hmm. I, don't, I like that because I've oftentimes caught myself in a moment of like I'm either really tired and that's adding to like my short temper where I snap and I feel bad because I'm like, oh, that's not how I meant it. But in that moment, I just lost my patience and mm-hmm. I, I fully own up to it because I thought yeah. it better for him to see that I'm able to recognize when I've done something wrong versus pretend like, you know, I never do. Absolutely. Um, like the day that I um, made you pay him a quarter and you oh. used the, the naughty word. Yeah, but I still don't know what I said. I did say a naughty word. I don't think it was a swear. I think it was like something else. Or was it a swear? Do you remember what I said? It was a, it was a swear. Oh, shit. And so I, ha- <laughs> I, I, I got I got nugget on the phone and I'm like, you need to ask your mom for a quarter. Yeah. And he did. He yeah, was he awesome. heard me. He was like, oh, That's good. mommy, you owe me a quarter or something. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, but he was because he gave yeah. me the quarter to give to him. He's like, "Here you go, mom. Now just give." It oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah, Kids. yeah, I know it's it, and they're so like, I, especially I would say my seven and a half year old. She's always been a talker, and she's so verbose about everything. And she will say it like it is to me. Like if I am yelling, she'll be like, "Mom, you." are yelling too much you have an angry face and I don't like it you said you were gonna work on it and I'm like oh okay (laughs) we're all working on things but (laughs) that's always nice to be like humbled by by your child (laughs) I know yes so yeah um besides being a mom what else keeps you busy these days gosh I feel like um being a mom you know that's constant. There's always something with them, but I also feel like it's important as moms to have time for ourselves and what fills our cup up. Um, because I was talking with a therapist recently and she had mentioned that like, if our cup is depleted, it's hard to give to others. Like when our cup is overflowing, that's when we can give Mm -hmm. to other people and to our family and to our kids. So for me, I um, have become very passionate about um, writing for moms, having a podcast. I um, have a podcast called um, To Mom uh, with Valerie Probstfeld, NP, and my website, twomomistolove.com. That um, has been kind of like my fourth child in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, I have always wanted to be different as a mom. I um, studied for motherhood, you know, since I was a child, like it was an examination and I wanted mm-hmm. it to be, I wanted to be perfect. I wanted <clears throat> an A plus on the motherhood exam. And so, you know, when my mom would yell or when she would do things, like I would think in my head, I'm not going to do it this way. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be a different mom. And then, um, you know, I'm a nurse practitioner. So I, um, you know, studied pediatrics. I did a lot of child development classes. I knew in my head what I was going to do differently. Um, but then once I became a mom, Within 10 minutes, uh, (laughs) she was taken away to the NICU and my illusion of control, all that studying I did, all of that just went away because it was like, um, I did not prepare for this. I didn't study for this. What am I supposed to do with this? And um, it took me a long time to um, address like those control issues. And, you know, we've had some procedures that we had to do in the NICU and and, um, it was just, it was so hard mentally for me to let go. And as a nurse practitioner, I 
saw things so much from the provider side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I knew mentally, like, you know, sometimes too much where mm-hmm. it's like, I know all these things that could go wrong. Um, but I don't know what it's like to be on the patient side, to be on the family side. And I just saw this like opportunity for moms need more support. We need more help in stressful situations or in just everyday life. Like I isolated myself so much that first year, um, just, I don't know, like in our thoughts and Mm -hmm. in our hormones and all of that. And I just became so passionate about all of this that it's like, you know, I'm not perfect, like I was saying earlier, but how can I, that doesn't mean I failed. Like there's that growth mindset of like, you know, it's just, I keep learning. Everyone keeps learning and we need community with us to support. So I try to get moms together, give them resources. Um, you know, I really want to try to promote, um, some more like patient family advocacy in the hospitals, um, just to really get the word out of, you know, hospitals and pediatric hospitals, they do such a great job taking care of kids. And I'm so appreciative of it, but a lot of times they don't really, talk about the mom part. And that's such an important part. Like we're called by mom. We're not, necess- <clears throat> I'm sorry, we're not necessarily called by our name. Like yeah. no one ever called me Valerie. Um, they called me mom, mom, yeah. mom, do you need help with this? Or mom, hold your baby down while we, you know, give him a shot or something yeah. like that. And so um, you lose a bit of your identity. Yeah. And like, as you're you know, filling out that birth certificate, for your baby, you're also filling out one for yourself in, in a sense. And so how can we support ourselves? Like maybe, you know, I always said like pet therapy would be great for like, yeah. for, like for families, not just the patients. Like we just need, we need support. And um, so there, it is out there. It's just trying to find those resources. And um, yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of a long thing no, of no. what I do. <laughs> a couple of things that you said immediately, I can relate to, right? Like being a mom myself, I remember isolating as well. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily like I didn't have the the medical trauma of it all other than labor trauma, like for myself. But, But I just remember kind of also not being prepared, right? Like there's so much that I also thought if ever I'm a mom one day, these are this is how I will do these things but Mm -hmm. not preparing for what it was like to actually give birth, how I felt about that moment, having no support. I didn't even know it was a thing that I could feel this trauma giving birth to my son. So immediately after that, boom, your mom, right? Like you are the provider for this child. You are learning to adapt and just be whatever that person now needs. And you completely lose yourself. And I didn't really realize it until we got home when we finally settled in our home in Georgia, I was taking a shower. This is like still the funniest thing ever. I was taking a shower and one of the gifts that somebody had gotten us was mommy and me um, like body wash. And mm-hmm. I broke down crying because I was like, oh my God, I can take care of myself. It was that that thought that like somebody has provided something to me that I can use to care for myself. And I still yeah. use that fucking body wash today. I love that. <laughs> It's Amino Lavender Body Wash for anybody out there. (laughs) But um, it was just in that moment I realized I have neglected myself and something as simple as like a mom's body wash was sweet. 
and amazing and wonderful. And, and I think I'm still kind of, honestly, it's been six years still learning to fill my own cup and not let it deplete all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You kind of make that adjustment from realizing that you were isolating yourself. You had just had this experience with this child now your mom, like, how did you kind of navigate back to realizing you needed to take care of yourself? You know, it was a process, I will say. Um, and I think the first time I realized it was one of our, so a nanny that we were working with, she would come like twice a week um, when, uh, gosh, I think this is when I had my second was a baby. And so my, my older one was about two and a half ish or so. Um, and she, I don't know, I was just always nervous about everything. I was always like, just with all the NICU stuff, like I was scared of germs and I just didn't want to take her anywhere. And like I was saying earlier, she's so verbose, so talkative. And my nanny, she was like, you need to have her go out to playgrounds more. Like you need to get out there, get out there more because like, you can't just always be inside all the time. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. But like, so I kind of like took it in. I'm like, well, yeah, I'll go to playgrounds with her a little bit, but just, I still kind of isolated myself. Like always, I think I was always hyper vigilant, looking for something that could possibly go wrong. And I know like looking back on it now with the knowledge that I have, I know I had a lot of anxiety and trauma, you know, that I had to work through. Um, and then like with my second, a little bit of OCD mm-hmm. with that. Um, but I went on a retreat, um, And this was when I was in Texas and this retreat, I don't know like who thought of it, but it was a very intense three-day retreat that like we were, I don't know. It just like with all the things that we, like we had to keep seeing specialists for a little bit and she's fine now, but like we just were constantly going to doctor's visits and it was taking a toll on me. So my husband was like, why don't you do this retreat? Like a couple of people have recommended it. And when I did it, it was very intense. It was like a mental health boot camp. And um, essentially it was, they held up a mirror to yourself and that's what their goal was. And through that retreat, I think I really learned a lot about me. And for example, like one of the days uh, we were told to write on blocks, um, well, first we didn't know it was blocks. We were told to write on a piece of paper, our negative self-talk. So like for me, like I have anxiety, I can get frustrated. I'm a perfectionist control. And I think I listed like 15 things on the page at least because they give us a minute and I have so much negative self-talk. <laughs> like, can I get five more minutes, please? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I have more, I have more. I'm more really I can go on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then she said, okay, take all those words. And here's a bunch of blocks, write them on every single block. So each block has one word. And so I'm like, oh gosh, I probably shouldn't have written that much. (laughs) (laughs) But then um, for an hour, they had us walk around the hotel with those blocks. And we looked ridiculous. There was about like 20 of us. (laughs) And we're like walking around. But people were like opening up doors for us. But at the time, okay, maybe we're going to learn a lesson from this. So, um, I remember I had already planned to meet um, my husband and my daughter at the time, and she was you know, a toddler. So she saw me, so it was like lunchtime. So like she saw me and 
she wanted me to pick her up, but I was carrying all these blocks. And so I had to put them down in order to pick her up. And at the time I'm like, okay, whatever these blocks, but later on we had to reflect on exercise Mm -hmm. and just something about that visualization, Mm -hmm. like really clicked with me. And, um, it was like, gosh, I really do need to put down mental blocks, this negativity that I have. I have so much negative self-talk. And I mean, the retreat was kind of showing me my negative self-talk is like going to eventually, you know, that will impact my daughter one day and all of this, like this generational legacy thing, which I'm so passionate about because you don't even know sometimes you're infected by this like frustration and worry. And it's so, so contagious to other people. You don't, I mean, sometimes you don't, you're not even aware of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So that retreat very much opened my eyes and it wasn't like an immediate change, but I would say that was probably the most um, impactful for me during those like early years of motherhood. And um, another thing, another exercise they had us do was um, they're like little beans that they handed out. And um, some people had like three beans. Some people didn't have any, but we didn't know the amount of the beans. And we were told to pick a partner and just keep saying over and over again, I need more medicine. The medicine was the beans. And you didn't know, like, for example, I didn't have any beans, but my partner had three of them. And so the only thing she could say was to me was, I need more medicine. And I had to just say, I don't have any. I don't have any to give. And um it was just such an interesting visual of sometimes we don't have that medicine. We don't have those beans and like our kids, our family work, whatever that may be, you know, like that's why we have to like fill our cups up and get, get that medicine for ourselves again, get all of that again in order to give to other people. And I just thought that was a beautiful mm-hmm. illustration that they did. Um, so just, yeah. So it's like that. And, Another long so, answer. So. Yeah, no, so, so I actually have a question for both of you because you're both moms. Like, what do you do for self-love and self-care so that you can make sure that your cup is full when you're giving it out to other people? Hmm. I, I feel like this is the second time I've been stumped on a question like this, which, you know, probably speaks volumes. It depends I will a hundred percent admit I don't do it enough, and I don't realize I'm my cup is empty until, like I am incredibly exhausted, like not 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 so much physically but mentally. Like I am drained. I am tapped out, burnt out. Like I'm done, and then I'm like, oh, I messed up again, right? Like you're like, oh man, like how do I do that? Mm. Um, but when I do find signs of it earlier on this doesn't sound silly but my favorite thing to do for my self-care is to literally just sit in a quiet room with like a cup of coffee or like my favorite tea and just hear Mm. silence like I just want it to be quiet in my reflecting time so getting better at it what about you Valerie um I would say my um my big thing, well, a couple of things that I've tried to work on is, like I was saying, that negative self-talk. I try to practice um, the habit of doing positive self-talk. So um, I may not feel like I have anything positive to say to myself, but 
I try to take a mental back road of that as opposed to that highway. So I, John Gottman, you know, he's a marriage researcher, says you should give five positives to one negative for you know, marriages. Mm-hmm. And they've said that for like parenting and, you know, um, other relationships. But I like to think about it like, for myself. Um, so if I have one negative, how can I give myself five positives? And I don't want to do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but um, I try to work on that. I try to like, maybe even like write it in my calendar or say, or do something. Um, and that helps me like kind of get out of my, mm-hmm. get out of it, uh, like my own head. Um, but also I know nature for me is very like helpful. Like I, like if I'm overwhelmed, um, it's helpful. Even like in the Chicago area, it can be so cold sometimes, but like if you dress, you know, if you dress enough layers, it's so important sometimes. And it's like that sunlight. And even if it's a cloudy day, like getting out there for me, I will sometimes try to find little shapes on nature walks and um, little heart shapes that like the walnuts make. My daughter loves to look at those. So that helps fill my cup. And um, yeah, yeah. What about you, Drex? I think you like nature too, right? Like getting out and grounding. I, yeah. So the way that I ground myself, as part of my self love, and self care, is you know if it if the weather's okay, I'll go outside and I'll ground myself. I live on eight forested acres, so I can go outside yeah. and you know look out into the woods and smell the fresh air and uh, just the crisp crispness of the air. But the reason I ask about the self-love and self-care is this time last year, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing enough of that. And so by the time December rolled around, I had a massive mental breakdown. And I just, I I try and preach it on almost every episode that we have because I find it, it's so important that we remember to do that, mm-hmm. right? That you're taking care of yourself, that you're you can find something to say to yourself that's about self-love, right? Because you're right, negative talk gets in your head and sometimes it's really hard to get it back out. But, um, you know, for me, part of my self-care, self-love is the podcast Hmm. because I get so much joy out of it. And I, I, I love the stories and the way that people have dealt with their own crap in their life. And I get to learn. So part of my self-care and self-love is also learning, but nature is huge for me. Um, yeah. it, but if it's too cold outside, I ain't going outside. That's the yeah. reason we work remote, right? If it's yeah. crappy outside, nobody's going outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, Valerie, something you said earlier, I'm curious about. Um, you had mentioned like before being a mom, you, you basically had like a blueprint, like this, this is how I'm going to do these things. What, what made you think that far in advance? Um, so that's something that I thought about a lot um, in childhood. Um, so I will say, like like I was saying before, um, that infection that my like my house growing up was infected, and it wasn't like with that virus or bacteria. It wasn't with anything like that. It was with frustration and yelling. And um, I feel like all I wanted growing up was um, 
for me to feel like I was good enough and that, um, you know, I wanted to see smiles and not frowns. And I wanted um, to just, um, I wanted to be, feel loved, I guess. And um, sometimes I think when we uh, view ourselves or like our children as um, extensions of whatever we didn't accomplish or um, kind of like something outside of who they are, it can get in their heads. And I think, um, a lot of my life growing up was trying to please, um, please, you know, my parents and kind of ascending this ladder that never ended. Um, so, um, I think that for me, it was very important to know how would I do this differently? And, um, and not to say, like, my parents were doing the best that they could with the tools they had. I mean, no one's perfect. And um, and that's the thing about generational legacy is, like, I, um, it was just, I kind of saw it, I think, from a child perspective, um, more than I, you know, more than I would have preferred to, to see. But I felt very empowered to do things differently because I know how it feels like to be yelled at all the time. Like I know how that feels. And, um, so when I notice me doing that, then I will try to work on those things. And, um, and that's all we can do. I mean, that's really all we can do in the moment is to love. And I sometimes find that hard because I didn't have that example growing up. So, I thought about like who is someone in my life that would smile because I was always searching for smiles. Um, and my grandma, she smiled all the time to me. And I just loved going to visit her house. And um, she had these pink walls and um, just everything about her house was love. love. Yeah. And um, she had one of those like rain fountain um lamps mm -hmm. that from the seventies, yeah. y'all know what? Yeah. Yep. I loved that thing. <laughs> I, I was young at the time and I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. And so I called her rain grandma. So she was rain grandma and rain grandma. Like I was always good enough for her. And what I remember most was her smile. And, um, so, uh, rain grandma, uh, passed away in 2012, uh, from dementia. And I remember even with dementia, she still smiled. And so I try to smile at my kids, like for rain grandma, like, and to honor her legacy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think with my upbringing, that's something that I still work on. Like, I, I don't, I don't know all the answers as to how to be good enough because I honestly don't know how to intrinsically say that. Um, but again, it's that growth mindset. It's a, I may not be there right now, but that doesn't mean not yet. And I keep working on that. And I keep working on that, not only for myself, but also for my children, um, because it's important to love yourself. Yeah. Um, so I just really think that compassion piece is so important. Um, and to kind of think of myself as an inner child and how I was, um, I remember really enjoying history. I still do. So <laughs> I, um, 
took out a value list uh, one day and thought about what values do I have? Like, what does my inner child like to do? When I play with my kids, when do I feel like I'm playing? <laughs> and um, we talked about like nature a little bit. I like to do nature, but also traveling. And so, um, and that's not feasible all the time, but now that my kids are getting older, like I decided, you know, why don't we go, I, go travel places? Um, like I love exercise. So I, um, signed up last year for a half marathon, um, in Sedona. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, Sedona will make me train for it. <laughs> like, let me do this. And so, <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it actually was amazing. Like, it's every February. I highly encourage it. It was great. Like, it was the best run I've ever had. And I don't really do half marathons much, but that was my second one. Um, but anyway, I'm kind of going on a tangent with it. But it just kind of like, having those values and really um, knowing what those are. And those are different for everyone. You know, like we all have values and we all have something that makes us, um, makes us sparkle inside. And I think our inner child is the key to that. And I think my inner child for a long time was probably locked away because I was so, um, you know, worried about pleasing others that I didn't know how to please myself. So yeah. now I'm kind of yeah, <laughs> doing it now and that's it. absolutely. That's awesome. And I think, you know, with all the, um, gosh, I, for the longest time, this is something that I know is different for everyone, but for the longest time, I was very hesitant to get my mental health addressed because <clears throat> it showed a sign of weakness. And this, I love about your episode is you put that out into the open. And because it is so important, like, I feel like we all need to talk to someone. We all like, it's okay not to be okay. And that's part of being human. It's part of living. Um, And so um, it's just something that I, for years, didn't want to like go on Uh, medication or anything. People were like, well, you do have a little bit of OCD. Like Mm -hmm. I can obsess about worst case scenario. So I remember um, a therapist I finally had seen recommended me to go on medication. I'm like, well, no, I don't want to do that. The side effects and the Mm -hmm. stigma and oh my gosh. Um, I finally went on it about three years later. It took Mm -hmm. me a long time too. Um, But once I did, it was like, I don't know. Like I have really bad eyesight. It, mm-hmm. Kind of comparing it to that. Like I didn't know when yeah. I was younger how to see clearly. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know that was normal to, or I didn't know what I was seeing was like. I guess I don't want to use the word abnormal because right. no one is. But like, there's a different way of viewing the world, and I wasn't opened up to that um, for me until I started that medication. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is just, I feel like a different person. And again, I know that not everyone responds to medications that way. There's different medications out there and maybe not even medication, like maybe it's therapy or whatever that is, but seeking that help and seeking that, uh, you know, that outside help, because whenever there's a thunderstorm, um, you know, outside the community comes to help, like say there's damage from like a tornado or something, you know, people help. Um, but when you have an internal thunderstorm, mm-hmm. it's just as, it can be just as damaging mm-hmm. and seeking that outside help we do need to do sometimes. And so I just really love advocating for that, whatever that may be for you. Yeah, that's huge that, that, that resonates because same here, like 
as open I'm I think I'm only open about mental health and going to therapy now because of how rewarding it was sort of similar to what you just stated like I knew I should right like I was like yeah I should probably talk to somebody about all this trauma that I've had in, in my childhood but after doing it and finding a therapist first of all that it just clicked we worked well together once I got to a point where I could get some closure and let go of of that and, and realize that it wasn't something I had to keep carrying with me every day I mm. never would have thought the relief that I felt then was ever possible like I was like you mean I have been spending you know years traumatized mm. by this childhood and I you know in a year of, of being with a therapist have been able to breathe like it was like breathing again like you, I've been holding my breath for 30 something years and finally I could breathe a little bit clearer and, and happier so huge advocate for for therapy me too yeah. 10 months in and like it's night and day right so like the whole shit storm started happening right around this time last year you know, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, um, for me, like, I just couldn't find my voice, right? I couldn't find my voice. I couldn't find my footing. You know, Christmas Day rolls around. It, like I said, you know, 988, thank you for picking me up. Thank God my wife was home. Thank God, you know, some higher power said it wasn't my turn. Because on this side of depression, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so much happier, right? So I'm going to tell you guys both something, because when you get into your 60s, like I am now, your inner child wants to come out a whole lot more than it did when I was in my 40s. Mm. So I find that, like, I get joy in things that I I like doing as a kid, right? So I love to color. I love to, like, tinker around with things. Um, I'm not mechanical by any, by any means. Uh, my wife would tell you that for sure. But like my inner child comes out a lot more now. And I just, because I just don't care, right? I don't care like I used to. I care about my happiness and, you know, just making the best out of, you know, the years that I have left and, mm -hmm. uh, and finding my passion. And I, I did, I found my passion with the podcast and, you know, getting to do the things that, that I want to do. But um, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Um, you know, like you said, Valerie, we need to remove the stigma around that and really normalize how we talk about it because it affects everybody. It affects moms, dads, kids. You know, it can affect your pets. It affects everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being open and honest and, you know, seeking that help. Um, when I started to uh, share my story on social media, you know, people were reaching out. You know, thank God for my friends because they propped me up when I couldn't prop myself up. And but I had other people reach out and thank me for sharing my story because now they weren't so traumatized and and terrified about their own what they were going through that they actually seeked help. So, um, like I said, I'm just super thankful. And um, yeah, let's let's just keep normalizing how we talk about it because it's really important. Absolutely. Yeah really yeah. is mm -hmm. I yeah agree. I, yeah I appreciate what you guys are doing because this is and this is it like talking about it normalizing it having community having yeah. fun along the way like it's it's wonderful like character well, not a character but a person in history that I 
look to sometimes I find is so interesting is with Abraham Lincoln, he suffered a lot of mental health issues and um, had um, essentially like a very um, childhood was um, his mom died of um, milk sickness, um, which was like part of the cattle um, had uh, in, I think it was in Illinois um, at the time. Anyway, he was young and then uh, um, other early deaths. And he said um, he's the most miserable man living. And um, he, there's many um, documents of that. And most historians agree that he was uh, did have major depression. Um, but um, he still, I feel like, you know, it, it's just well, a couple things like where he's just the, that enslaved with his thoughts. You know, he was so like, it just, he, he really sometimes had those enslaved thoughts, but at the same time, he kept moving forward. And, you know, he is such an important figure in history and, you know, wonder, you know, obviously they didn't have the resources back then that they did, but just someone like that, I mean, it, it everyone experiences that, you know, everyone experiences mental health issues. Like it's just, um, it's part of living. And I also like to think of the brain, um, cause I love, I love neuroscience mm-hmm. and, um, there's like the emotional part of the brain and the uh, logical part of the brain and all animals have like that fight, flight, or, or freeze amygdala part. And, um, that's so important for survival, but we have like this logical part that sometimes gets us into trouble because not all the time, like our, our fear isn't always necessarily true. Like Mm -hmm. it can be a tornado siren, like they may be testing the siren or they may be, it'd be a real tornado. It sounds the same. It feels the same. Sometimes like it feels like I'm being torn up inside, um, like from an anxiety standpoint. Um, and one's an entirely false alarm. And how many times like mm-hmm. in our lives do we like kind of respond to that? But that is being human. And um, I'm just saying like, like thinking of it, I think when I visualize it for my brain, I think it helps normalize it a little bit for me where I'm like, okay, that's like a highway that I have from my um, emotional brain going to um logical brain so let me try and take a back road and maybe be more mindful in the moment or do whatever in the moment um like exercising and that's also a reason why i like to like do like the running and stuff because i feel like it's baby steps you know like um maybe i'm gonna do just a little bit today um but then i keep going and keep creating new pathways and some days are easier than others so yeah um i have three questions you don't have to answer them we're gonna start with this one okay so far (laughs) um your life in general doesn't have to just be motherhood but your life in general what is the biggest lesson that you've learned Hmm. i think that perfection is overrated is what (laughs) I have learned. Yeah. It's subjective <laughs> as well. <laughs> What's perfect yes. to me is not perfect to my six-year-old. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Learning Jess? to let go. What is the biggest question yeah. I've learned? Um, asking for help. It, that it, It's okay to ask for help. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. For you, Valerie, looking back on your life until today, 
Is there anything that if you could go back and change, you would? And if so, why? Hmm. Oh, I mean, my initial thought was maybe I would like do the whole medical school thing and do that. But I'm glad I took the path that I did. Um, and I don't know. I mean, hmm. I'm the same with how, yeah. with like when I think about where I've, or what I've gone through, right? There, mm-hmm. There's definite negative things that like, if I could not have taken this path, you know, but in the end, it led me to where I am now. So Absolutely. it's hard. It's hard to say, oh, I wouldn't have done that, you know, but I, mm-hmm. yeah. For the longest time, I was upset that I moved to Texas. It was a random move to Texas. I was just <laughs> like, oh, I'll just go to Texas. Like Austin sounds fun. So I <laughs> never would have done that. Like I was like young in my twenties and I was upset because like, I just didn't know anyone. It was mm-hmm. different than college. And like, I was just lonely. And so long for a while, I was like, oh, I wish I never did this, but it allowed me to grow. I mean, mm-hmm. I needed that. I needed that difficult time. And I met my husband there. And so like life just, there's reasons for everything, even I if it so. is like challenging times. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, G-Rex? Uh, for me, um, if I could do it over again, I would have tried to open up sooner about how depressed I was. Mm. Because by the time it hit me, I was completely terrified. Mm. And I've been able to like, um, let my let my wife know what was going on. That yeah. if I could, if that would that would be like the only thing I would change. Because like you guys, you know what? There are times in my life that I needed to grow, and there's been some really crappy things that have happened. But I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't gone through all that other crap. So yeah, um, you know, I'm 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 pretty okay with my life. Okay, that's awesome. Next question. What would you tell an earlier version of yourself? Um, that you're enough. That's what I would think. I love that. What about you, G-Rex? Well, you got me stumped, so give me a minute, and, <laughs> and I'm going to answer that. I feel like while you're thinking, I feel like, Valerie, you need shirts if you don't already have merch that says you are enough. Oh, that's a good idea. It. Yeah, I would yeah. wear I'd wear the shit out of Oh, it. yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. I don't. I think I'm advertising some national park on my shirt right now. Yeah, Acadia. Oh my god, I am uh, advertising Nantucket. Not because oh, I nice. loved it, but it's because we were there and it was cold and I bought a sweater. <laughs> I'm, I'm advertising pink. So, um, okay, what would it? So for me, I would probably go to my 16 year old self, and I would have. I would say to myself that just love life, love the adventure, right? Like don't don't worry about the past. Mm. Love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um I have one last question. Uh before I ask it to Rex, did you have any that you wanted to squeeze in? Uh no, I I, I just really wanted to thank Valerie yes. like for like her perspective on motherhood because there are so many moms out there that feel lost, right? That they don't feel like they have any community and they don't know where to go. And your podcast and your website and like everything is is so empowering to to the moms out there. And I really thank you for, for doing that. Mm-hmm. Because as I was growing up, 
you know, we didn't have a lot of that. And it, it's what's great about podcasts and mm-hmm. and, the, and the internet now, not the bad part of the internet, but the good part of the internet is that we can share information, right? And it's in like bite-sized pieces of information that people can take, run with it and, and feel empowered to, you know, feel like, feel their feelings. So mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't thank you enough for what you do to the motherhood community. I am not a mom, unless you, you count the eight cats, but, um, <laughs> you know, both of you being moms, um, you know, I, I applaud you. I really hey. do. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank and you. I really appreciate that. To tag on to that. I just want to thank you also for just being vulnerable. Like, I feel like yeah. you've been very vulnerable and like sharing with us. And I just want to thank you for that. Cause that is, yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. My last question for you is what's next for you? Well, I, um, so many things, um, but I say I have a book that I want to get published. So that would be next. Um, Two Mom is to Love is important to me because it's essentially the verb of a mom. So like we, um, you know, our title is mom as a noun, but when we think of the verb, Merriam-Webster defines it as to give birth or to rise or care for and protect. Um, And if you think about what does all those things, it's love. Mm -hmm. And so to live our verb. And um, so to get that book published is kind of the next big thing that I want to do to empower moms and continue the podcast. And, um, continue just offering support any way I can. Um, I just absolutely love and feel so passionate about what I do. And then just living in the moment with my kids because gosh, it goes so fast. It, it really does. It does. <laughs> so where mm-hmm. can I list, where can our listeners find you? So you can check me out at my website, two mom is to love.com. And that will give you links to my podcast as well, um, which is available on Spotify, Apple, and Google. Mm -hmm. And I also have a blog where I write on there and then I'll have any updates and um, feel free to subscribe um, to my, I have a monthly newsletter as well as to my podcast. It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone.